you said the word that I built my entire adolescence around. Hello, and welcome to the Eurowhat, episode number 155 for the week of May 2nd, 2022. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. And our special guest, Glenn Walden. Hey, Glenn. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. We are a group of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about the Big Five Auto Qualifiers. Welcome to the show, Glenn. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I just want your listeners to know that I am here as a learner, as a Padawan learner, as an acolyte. Uh, Y'all know so much more than I do. I'm a latecomer. I only started watching it in 2016. The first time it was really available to people in the States, easily anyway. That was, of course, the year of Sweden, of Love, Love, Peace, Peace, which remains the best, the most knowing, the most self-aware, the most charming damn thing I've ever seen in my life. I was loving everything I saw up to that point. I was hooked. But... Seeing that, I was like, oh, I have now reached the point of where has this been all my life? <laughs> and I know for a fact it's going to be part of my life for the rest of my life. So I'm gr- it's great to be here. I, I can't wait to listen and just kind of ha- I have my uh, hands up to my cheeks and just kind of like tell me tell me things. You smart people. Excellent. Yes. Uh, love, love, peace, peace is delightfully meta. And it is definitely one of the things I reach for when trying to explain to people why should I watch Eurovision? It is also exactly the kind of thing that the American Song Contest could never do if it tried, but we don't need to talk about that here. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, no, no. We've we've (laughs) specifically been limiting that to our Patreon. That's smart. And yet we haven't lost supporters, which is nice. Yes, and yet we (laughs) – somehow, somehow. People are more than willing to pay to listen to 30 minutes of crying. So, <laughs> <laughs> Crying and screaming. I guess on that note, maybe we should dive into these entries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like the big five, I, I will, pro- I was going to the big five, but like Italy's been fine. Italy has been fine since they reentered the competition a decade ago. They're, do- they're doing great work. This blanket statement about to say is not for them. The big five, excluding Italy, have been having a rough few years. We had that lovely moment last year where just like we were just going up the scoreboard and nobody was getting any points. <laughs> France being the exception to that. France being but, the only exception, yeah. yes. France great last year too. Good job, France. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out this year. I, I think that's going to be a major part of the discussion. So. Yes, yeah. I feel I feel like people have been hopefully learning from last year and adapting. Well, for what I can tell, there's a marked departure in many of these cases between what they did last year and what they're doing this year. So that's at least interesting. On that note, let's start with France, who are sending Alvin and Ahez and Fulen. So Alvin and Ahez won C'est vous qui décidez. With this being a song from the Breton region of France and Switzerland and Belgium both sending English entries, there is no French language entry this year. Yeah, that's amazing. It is the first time that has ever happened. And last year's, they had that kind of Edith Piaf-esque chanteuse, and the song was called Voila, which is 
Uh, so, so French, so on the nose. Yes. This year, with this imagery of dancing with the devil in the forest, this was like uh, Le Cousibelle, right? Yeah. Le Witch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I saw Mademoiselle Proctor dancing with the devil. It's like, I, I really dug this. I remember last year's Cypress entry, El Diablo, which I loved. That came under fire from some pretty Jesus-y folks. That was coy compared to this. <laughs> and anytime there's like an Arabic influence in the music reflecting the country's diversity, you know, it's a kind of way of celebrating something that has been the subject of an intense anti-Islam bigotry. I, I dug this one. Huh? What'd you guys think? Uh, yeah, like I really like how different this feels from what they sent last year and that it just reflects sort of this traditional Colin response style of music. So I just really dig this entry, it's just like a fun vibe for three minutes. Mm-hmm. I, mm, okay, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll be Ooh, back okay. no, well, right. no, like, Pray tell. I think I should like this more than I do. Like, this one feels like it is sort of a Shoom clone. And, mm-hmm. okay. like, I adored Shoom last year. Like, that that was 100% Mike Nip. But I'm, I'm having a tough time latching onto this one and i'm not really sure what the difference is because it, it, it's hitting all of the beats it's something so completely different than what france sent last year and what france typically sends like france loves mm-hmm. the chanteurs <laughs> yep if france could send edith piaf every year to eurovision they would absolutely <laughs> do that and like this one is really does seem like such an outsider because it is not in the french language it was the best entry at france's selection but yeah like it it's kind of leaving me cold and I don't know why and I hope my husband's not listening to this because he's just going to be really disappointed in me. (laughs) Uh, Well, for me, like, I really like the recorded version of the track. I feel like every time I've seen it perform live, uh, Ahez, the trio, is a little bit pitchy. So I'm really interested to see what the live performance on the night of looks like. I like it, but I don't like it as much as I like Shoom last year, just to throw that comparison in there. And mm-hmm. like when I rank it against everything, there's 12 things I like more than this, which is fine because there's 40 things to rank. Yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see. This is, I, as I say, this is, it seems to be playing to France's uh, backhand. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how far it goes. It does seem to be really popular with the fandom. So it definitely has that going for it. It'll be something different in this field too like it, it there's so many ballads this year and mm. this one is at least trying to bring the party if it succeeds that would be great but yeah at, at the pre-party performances it, it just i don't know it, it just kind of felt like a thud to me when it came on stage but maybe that was just because it was so limited like you're not going to have the pyrotechnics in the hard rock cafe in london so yeah <laughs> Well, that's interesting, Mike, because we got some thuds coming up as far as I'm concerned. So oh, yeah. We'll compare and contrast. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps that is a segue to the next entry. Uh- <laughs> we are. We used to be the rock stars. I never thought of no heart until this thing we could life stop cleaning. I wish there was a way to go back dreaming. Remembering it so hard. When time is moving so far, I wish there was a way to know that we're in the good old days before we all just leave. Next on the list is Germany's entry from Malik Harris, which is called Rock Stars. Malik won Germany 12 points, which is a new national final format uh, that Germany introduced this year. Malik has been the opening act for James Blunt, Alex Clare, Jeremy Loops, Tom O'Dell, and LP. Uh, and his dad is from Detroit. I thought I felt a Detroit connection in watching these performances. So represent. Glenn, what, what do you think of this one? 
Well, uh, as soon as it started, I was reminded that the word Bieber is a German word for, for <laughs> Bieber. Uh, look, this is an anthem, and it's an interesting one for me because I divide Eurovision into bops, ballads, and anthems. And a- anthems are kind of ballads, except they're more about standing up or standing strong or st- still being standing. You know, something with standing is, is what I divide an anthem. But this is a weird one. This is an anthem of anxiety and depression and self-consciousness and dealing with mental illness. And I kind of applaud that in theory. That said, anytime Germany expresses the sentiment, we used to be rock stars, and has lyrics that are about, let's go back to the good old days when things were better, I think it's just a good idea to kind of keep your head on a swivel, you know, check your six, note where your exits are. Mm -hmm. If you have any friends in the Sudetenland, maybe call them, check and see (laughs) how are things. You guys okay? It's a strange, strange song that uh, didn't really land with me, but uh, what'd you guys think? I remember watching Germany's selection because it was on on a Friday, which meant that it wasn't competing against six other national finals. And going, well, this is the best out of them. We'll see what's in next week's little selection. It's like, oh no, this is the only one. There are these six songs, and this is the best one. And like, they were all bad. And... Germany, I feel like, is the only one who has not learned anything from last year's Everybody's at the Bottom. (laughs) Like, they sent Jendrik to Eurovision, and Eurovision said, no, thank you. But this is not the way to pivot. And I think what the problem is for me is that they've been doing, for the last couple weekends, a thing called Eurovision House Party, where they've had a bunch of the performers from this year record their song, and either another song from their repertoire or a cover. And the song that Malik Harris performed was one of his other originals, and it was so much more engaging than this. And he's one of those musicians that sort of builds up their songs piece by piece with like a loop pedal, which is always interesting to me. And the nature of a Eurovision performance means that you can't build things up level by level like that. So this one just falls completely flat. In that same house party performance, it suddenly transitioned into a cover of Thrift Shop from Macklemore. And (laughs) yeah, and it's adding to kind of the confusion that I have with trying to engage with this track because it has sort of like Eminem elements to it and kind of contemplative mm-hmm. Maroon 5 and it's just like <laughs> okay like it 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 feels like it it should fit in the adult contemporary space but there's just something clunky about it that it is not quite there I, I think this is another one where it's like, I, I think I should like this more than I do, but points for trying. But yeah, this is not the full pivot that Germany needs yes. from the last couple of years. Germany needs to mackle less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on Germany? Not so much. No, no. This one was the one that's just sort of been at the bottom of my rankings for so long. Mm. Mm-hmm. There are things I like less than it, but this just does not click in the way that I feel like so many of these other auto qualifiers are trying different things this year and germany's like no we're doing great and it's like you're not but yeah but see they are trying different things because this is not the kind of bolstering stirring anthem this is kind of bent over and hunched and it's ali sheedy in the breakfast club this song <laughs> that's just uh it's not stereotypically your vision for me it's not what i would say people think of when they think of Eurovision, because the lyrics are so introspective and so self-lacerating, yet calling back for a halcyon days when <laughs> we used to rule the world. Yeah, uh, troubling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
thinking about it as, as being like a anthem of mental health, like that has not been doing well at Eurovision. Last year, my favorite entry was Bulgaria's entry, and that really flopped, and I'm still sad mm-hmm. about that one. And and this this does not even step to that entry, so I, I have no idea if Germany is going to be getting out of the basement with this one. So next up, Spain's entry this year, Chanel's slow-mo. Chanel has like a really interesting background. Uh, She was born in Cuba, raised in Barcelona. She's apparently up for Anita in West Side Story. Uh, And like this song was originally written for Jennifer Lopez, and it definitely sounds like a Jennifer Lopez song. Sure it does. Yeah, I mean, she's out here. She's breaking hips. She's breaking hearts. That's that's a lyric, which I, I enjoyed. I, I like this fine. I like the staging. I tend to get a little distracted in the middle. It kind of bogs down for me a little in the middle. But she's got the breath control. She's got the stage presence. My husband is Cuban. We listen to a hell of a lot of Spanish music. Uh, and we play a game that he hates where I go, how many verses before the word corazón comes up? And, uh, <laughs> it's usually less than one. <laughs> and here it's two. So it's got that going for it. But yeah, this didn't grab me. Oh, really? I love this one so, so much. It it is breaking my heart that I will not be in the room when this is happening on Saturday night. The precision of her performances has been phenomenal. Like there are all these fan cam videos that get posted on Twitter of many different performances and it's flawless. Like she, she is such a pro and I could see... If this does well at Eurovision, like this could be, I don't know if she's going to have the same launch pad that Monoskin had last year from this, but she has strong crossover potential, which just does not happen all that frequently. And I am so excited to see how this one gets received and hopefully it gets Spain out of the basement. This is such a good submission from Spain. This is the sort of entry that has been shown at Eurovision again, where I'm like, Spain, why aren't you doing this? Mm -hmm, This is fun. Right. I like this one a lot. I think it's going to be a great jolt of energy wherever it gets slotted in in the lineup. With the precision, though, every single time, the dance break is just flawless. But I'm wondering if it's going to still feel fresh mm-hmm. as somebody who's now seen this performance just like a bunch of times, but agreed that like this is, I don't know, it's just dynamic in a way that Spain has not been for like a decade. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm as worried about this not seeming fresh. Where we are in the fandom, like, yes, we are watching this dozens of times, but somebody watching it for the first time on the night, I'd have to think that they're going to be at least a little impressed and hopefully picking up the phone for this one. I don't know if this is my winner. It, it's definitely in my internal conversation about like, okay, what do I think is actually going to win this year? That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, it's definitely, I think it's going to do much better than last year. Certainly. Oh, yeah. And like, I, I, I'm fully course. expecting like uh, top half of the scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which cool. good for Spain. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so next on the list is the United Kingdom and Sam Brighter's Spaceman. Uh, this was an internal selection, which was using a similar format to previous years where they partnered with TAP Records to select the artist and, and the song and try to attach some sort of jumper cable to the UK's engine. Oh, yeah. Sam Ryder uh, started as a session musician and singer in 2009 and over lockdown became a sensation on TikTok and is now one of the most followed UK artists on the platform with 12 million followers. Ben, what do you think of this entry? I'm at the part of the Eurovision year where I'm just sort of trying to tamp down my expectations for the UK. Mm -hmm. Watching Eurovision Twitter have the we're doing it thing and then immediately go, but what if we don't has been just hilarious as always. The UK can only go up from last year. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> like if they get any points on the board, this is a success. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they're going to qualify it as a success. I like this song, and it, it grows on me. There's a little bit of Freddie Mercury in his vocals. There's a little bit of almost James Blunty that mm. initially irked me, but again is kind of growing on me. And if nothing else, it feels like the UK is actually doing the work of promoting their entry that they've neglected to do the last few years, and that he's like popping up in Berlin and singing the song. He's popping up in all sorts of places where he seems to have the right attitude, and importantly, and did not realize how important this was until last year, he can sing his song live. I think the UK can only go up from last year, but like the the, the bar is on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's 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 so low. It's making a divot in the carpet. Yeah, it's it's a low bar. This didn't grab me. I mean, if you're gonna sing a song about being a spaceman, you've got some long shadows to crawl out from under. You've, you're Elton's John. You're David's Bowie. You're Peter's Schilling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, look, the voice is incredible. The stage presence is where it doesn't grab me. It's a bit on the nose. The gestures I'm talking about here. When he mentions space. He points above his head. When he sings, I'd like to talk to satellites, he makes a little kind of talking Muppet with his hands, talk, <laughs> and then points into space. When he talks about thinking or what's on his mind, he points to his head. That, that's where it, it kind of falls down for me. I really love the voice. How could you not? But I just didn't get this song. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Glenn, where the performance of this, and this is, this is what I'm most worried about with the UK, because they did not stage their entry last year well mm -mm. at all. And I think that's what has everybody kind of freaked out right now, where it's like, what's the staging going to be? And like, it could end up being him coming out of a spaceship or wearing a spacesuit or something. It's like, no, don't know. I, I agree that he has the kind of Freddie Mercury tone to his voice. And I think that is another thing that I find personally off-putting just because like I, I don't get queen i don't get that era of glam rock and it, it's just not for me but that is a very popular thing in europe like the they loved bohemian rhapsody when that movie came out and uh, i was very lukewarm on that one so it's just like okay i think it's just a cultural difference that's going on and i am totally fine with that mm -hmm, <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh yeah and this also has what i think is the most regrettable lyric in this year's uh oh boy yeah Ooh. um yeah been that down is... some black holes like it's just yeah, like especially okay. the way that it's delivered it's just like oh yeah I don't want to – I can't remember what he does, what the gesture is that pairs with that. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Starts swimming through the air or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just like my, my biggest fear is just like how are they going to stage this one? Because like they had to be yelled at last year to, to turn on pyrotechnics for light up the room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, we're just like, no, we've made two large trumpets. Yep, yep. I do appreciate that Sam is putting in the work for promoting this. And it's really reminding me of the work that Nicholas Joseph did for Czech Republic back in 2018, where he was at 
every pre-party. He was making every single TV appearance that he could do. And Czech Republic did very well that year. I hope that part of the work does get rewarded. I don't want the UK to be discouraged from doing that in the future, because that was the thing that I think most people were clamoring for, where it's like, could you at least promote your entry and not just expect people to vote for it when they see it on the night? Because that's not going to work. Yeah, like I feel like I'm grading them on the highest of curves and giving them the biggest A for effort because I want to encourage them to keep doing this with whatever they select. Right. The home nation this year, Italy, has sent Mahmoud, Iblanco, and Brividi. They were the winners of San Remo, which, Glenn, if you ever want to dip your toe into the wide, wide world of national selections, San Remo is a very fun one. I have heard this, yes. And then Mahmoud represented Italy in 2019, where he finished second. I think I remember that. Uh, and then just other notable facts. Blanco is one of the youngest people in the competition. He was born in 2003. <sighs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> that one hurts. Oh, no. Uh, wow, this is such a departure from uh, Monoskin, which I'll confess, I did not get them last year. I, uh, everybody, I went into the competition last year, everybody saying, these these are the ones to beat. This is this is the thing. And I was like, really? I don't get it. It was a little unmelodic for me. Uh, and here, I'll confess again, I'm not usually a ballad guy, but this kind of snuck up on me. I was a little lost in the imagery going into it about riding a crystal bicycle. And then when they got to the visceral stuff with the drugs and the spitting poison on each other, I was like, okay, whatever. You know, you do you. <laughs> not going to kink shame. This, to me, is a very interesting ballad because it is the most interesting kind of love song to me because it is also a hate song. It says, you know what? We should be better than we are. And I don't know. The performance kind of sold me on it because they both leaned into it in a way that, and I should not compare, in a way that nobody on the American Song Contest ever would or could. There is a freedom to this. There is an unselfconsciousness to it that I kind of responded to. I liked this more than I thought I was going to. I really like this one also. It was one of the first songs to be selected in this season, and I think it has managed to maintain its momentum throughout the season. Like It, it was an early favorite to win, and... And, uh, oh really? Okay. Yeah, and uh, and like Italy has been top quality. The like they rejoined the contest in 2011, and it's just been a nonstop ride for them. They should have won the contest at least two other times in the last ten years. Yes, and like as, like as they are revealing the list of who is performing the interval acts, it's just sort of like, oh hey, we invited everybody back that we think should have won. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, now your listeners know the answer to this question, but how often does a home country win? That's rare, right? It's pretty rare. Yeah, Ireland has like the whole th like three years in a row. Wow. In the, in the early 90s. Yeah, I mean, it would be great two years in a row. I'd love it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the odds are against it, right? I think so. For the last several years, the host country has generally sent in something, I, I would call it experimental, where it would be something that would not necessarily go through on a normal year. But the host country automatically gets a spot in the final. This is a slightly different situation because Italy, because it's one of the big five countries that contributes to 
the functioning of the contest, they automatically get into the final no matter what. So they could finish in absolute last place and they'll still be there next year. Or maybe not. They would probably leave in a huff. But uh, <laughs> this is one of the few times where I think they may actually be trying to go for a second win and more power to them. I don't know if this one's going to accomplish that. It's kind of on the fence for me. Like, it's not fully giving me winter vibes, but it, it could also be a case of what the weather is like that day in Europe. Yeah, because the vocals have a have a high degree of difficulty, it seems to me. And they could go they could go sideways in a bunch of different ways. They performed it very well at San Remo. And I mean uh-huh. Mahmoud has the experience having done very well for Italy just a few years ago. And like he is just an incredible songwriter, an incredible performer. So like this is an excellent example of the sort of work that he does. I'm with you that I see it doing well and in the right combination of conditions, we're definitely going to get a two peat. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a like I think there's a couple other strong entries in the mix where if if the mood is right, they will go in those directions. This song is already having an impact. When they won, it was somewhere in like number five or number six globally on Spotify. Wow. Which is insane for something before this, which I think is why everybody got really hyped up that like they're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very strong entry, and I think as the host nation, you want to do well, you want to prove why you won, but ultimately you don't want to host again, <laughs> because that way your your broadcaster is not completely bankrupted. Yeah, interesting. It, it has been interesting for RAI this year, where there have been so many other issues like COVID and war and just so many other distractions that mm-hmm. normally the level of scrutiny that is placed on broadcasters uh, in the lead up to Eurovision hasn't been there. so. They may have snuck by uh, on this one and will be able to host again uh, and maybe actually court some controversy next year, which which is always fun. So (laughs) as a treat. So (laughs) (laughs) out of these five, what do you guys think? What's your favorite Hmm, of these five? I keep going between Spain and Italy, I would say. It's Spain, definitely, for me. In in preparation for this episode, trying to loop through the playlist, it was like, no, I just want to hang out on Spain for Mm -hmm. 30 minutes. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, see, I'm loving the satanic vibe of France. Uh, So that's where where, where I'm coming from. I'm I'm loving that. That has had a resurgence. Well, I don't know if it's a resurgence, but there was a lot of Satan last year, and uh, that that seemed to be (laughs) popular. Well, and I do like that the French vibe on it is like, I dance with the devil. Who cares? Yes, exactly. That's exactly the thing that I enjoy about it. Yeah, what? So, so what? what? So what? Yeah. Don't people yeah. <laughs> They're just being very French about dancing with yes. the devil. So. Yeah, totally are. Glenn, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. It's always a treat to hear, especially people who are relatively new to Eurovision, getting exposed to the joy that this contest brings yes yes i was only too happy to be here i love this podcast and i i I love showcasing my ignorance so thank you for letting me to my two passions (laughs) happy to help Uh, (laughs) have you listened to any of the the rest of the field not yet i've been i you know we're going to be covering the american song contest for npr's you know for my sins so i've been kind of focusing on that (laughs) Mm. and just you know Mm. so i've been i'm way up in my beardy ballady guitar playing straight white dudes having an emotion which of our five straight white country artists are we going to pick so i'm up on them but uh no i'm I'm looking forward to having that get behind me uh so i can kind of dig in and really enjoy what are your favorites give me a preview what should i be seeking out let's see i mean i think the one that we keep discussing with guests a lot just because it's doing some fun like laurie anderson sort of stuff is serbia 
Okay. I'm in already. You just had to say, you said the magic word. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you, you said the word that I built my entire adolescence around. So, okay. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I'm uh, the one that I'm liking just for kind of sheer goofy fun is Norway's entry this year, Subwoofer. Okay. <laughs> I'm loving that. <laughs> loving, loving that a big in a big way. Yes. Okay. Uh, Latvia, that was the one, yes. first one to really get kind of viral mm-hmm. this year. Um, and you will know within the first 10 seconds why that's the case. So. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> I'm writing all this down. They are, they are very passionate vegetarians. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think one would preclude the other, but no. Nope. Good. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> very passionate. Sweden is always reliable. Sweet, yeah, but, but like Sweden in mm-hmm. this particular case is kind of breaking out of being so Swedish pop machine. Got it. Got it. You're saying there's a lot of ballads, which fills me with a certain amount of dread. Yeah, it, it's going to be weird in the uh, – I don't, I don't know if you're going to be uh, checking out the semifinals or just the final, but uh, – No, no, no. The semifinals too. Okay, yeah. The, the second half of each of the semifinals, there's – Sameness, but in different ways. Like the second half of the first semifinal is kind of going into like a Lilith Fair sort of place. Well, it's not, I don't hate that. Okay. It's definitely in my sweet spot, but it's not 1997 for a lot of people. Uh, That's <laughs> true. That's true. Greece's entry, I think, I think mm-hmm. is fantastic. That, yes. that, that is okay. one to definitely check out. Um, Will do. Uh, and then the second half of the second semifinal, yeah, that's a lot of kind of plotting along. Yeah, second semifinal is going to be kind of rough, I think. Okay. <laughs> In terms of some of the stuff that's more up-tempo, Ukraine's entry this year is sort of doing the same thing that Shum did, and that's a mashup of traditional folk music with more contemporary music but but it's moving in more of like a hip-hop direction which i find interesting that's interesting yeah i think ireland's entry this year because again they've had a few rough years i think their entry this year is fun and like has a sort of brattiness to it that i i think is unexpected from them that's great that's great they have had a few rough years moldova if you are into trains <laughs> and ska i i think that one sure yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> or or like mario party like it really sounds like it is a western game board from mario party or mario kart sweet, or something sweet, sweet. <laughs> yes uh and then just in the in the little fair section of semi-final one i think iceland does a good job of mixing together a bunch of the different sounds of the rest of that group is sort of playing with in a way that's very pleasing this I have a full list. This is good. Yeah. Thank oh. you for this. And if you need something that's kind of more in the RuPaul's Drag Race vibe. I always do. 100% Israel's entries. <laughs> okay. Yes. I always do. Yes. Very do. like RPDR slash Real Housewives music adjacent. Okay. Yeah. Man, I, I, feel, I feel seen and targeted at yeah. the same yeah. time. They are not mutually exclusive, those two things. Yeah. But yeah, I feel ruthlessly targeted. Maybe that we should start a side business, Ben, of carefully curating yes. uh, your vision playlists for folks. This is what so. you've just done for me. Yes. yes. <laughs> exactly what you've just done for me. The Eurovision equivalent of one of those bars where you tell them what kind of cocktails you like and they make you something special. Yeah. Or those uh, mail-order fashion things where you tell them what you like and they send you clothes. Exactly. Like you just, exactly. just sent me musical clothes. Yes. <laughs> we are the algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn, uh, where would you like us to point listeners to to follow your work? Oh, heck. Pop Culture Happy Hour on NPR is a podcast that I'm a part of. There's a book called The Caped Crusade, Batman and the Rise of Nerd Culture, which tries to look at the growth of fandom through the lens of Batman. There's also a book called uh, The NPR Podcast Startup Guide, How to 
plan, launch and grow, grow, launch and plan. I can't remember exactly, but it's basically me just interviewing a bunch of NPR podcasters about what they do. And I'm on Twitter at G.H. Weldon, where I make a lot of dad jokes and now I'm contemplating whether or not I should leave because things are oh, changing. Circumstances, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's going to do it for this episode of the Eurowhat. Thanks for listening. The Eurowhat podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me and Mike McComb. That's me. You can follow the Euro What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. If you'd like to support the show, we're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash EuroWhat. Patreon supporters will have access to our nephew podcast series about the American Song Contest, Just Asking Questions. Show notes and links to our entire Eurovision 2022 review series are in the description of this episode and on our website at EuroWhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at EuroWhat on Twitter, or you can email EuroWhatPodcast at gmail.com. Next time on the Euro What, we'll be making our semifinal picks as the party in Torino begins. 